Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is David Begin. Thanks for listening to this episode of the How of Car Washing. How's everybody doing on this Monday morning, getting started for another week? Got through the weekend, which is traditionally our busiest time in the car wash business. So now it's time to sort of take a look and see what happened and what we've got to do this next week to get ready again. So it's really exciting. So it is snowing again here in Colorado. We are experiencing another snow. So we're seeing a lot of snow this winter, which is good, which is very good. It's interesting. I live about 10 miles north of Colorado Springs, and the weather up here can be very different than in Colorado Springs. So we, on the front range of Colorado, experience what I call microclimates. So um, the altitude that I live at is about 7,000 feet. Uh, Colorado Springs is about 6,400 feet. And if I go north to Denver, of course, it's called the Mile High City, and it's 5,200 feet. So all within the span of about 30 to 60 miles, you'll have some tremendous changes in elevation and the way the weather comes from the west over the mountains down into the front range onto the plains really changes the weather conditions so we've had blizzards up here at our house and it's been totally dry in colorado springs and uh, it's really interesting it's fun if you're into weather and if you're into car washing my guess is you're into weather and you like to watch the weather and, and predict the weather. And, and so it makes for a real interesting weather uh, phenomenons here on the, the Colorado Front Range. But, uh, hey, I want to do a shout out to my friends at Talk Car Wash. If you have not joined the Facebook page, Talk Car Wash, I love that page. And uh, I want to thank uh, Jimmy Branch, who started that page years ago. He actually started it on a website uh, probably before Facebook had taken off. And then he transferred it maybe two or three years ago, I think, to Facebook. And there's a couple guys, Keith, Kenneth Peebles and Tyler Slaughter are, are, are the co-administrators. But uh, Jimmy Branch out of Florida did start that and a uh, fellow past ICA president. So shout out to, uh, to Jimmy. Thanks for starting that. And uh, Tyler and Kenneth help him out to, to get new people on and administer the site. And I think last year they might have had 1,000 or 1,500 members. Now they have up to 5,500 members on that site is tremendous. So there's a lot of noise on there. So like, like any of their Facebook page, there's a lot of noise. But if you're in the car wash industry and you have a question, there's a lot of people that just are willing to help you out and, and get on and, and answer questions for you if you're in a situation. Or if you wanna learn, uh, it's a great tool to learn. I really encourage my managers and team members and I would encourage your managers and your team members to get on there and watch that page because there's a lot of uh, a lot of people asking for help, asking questions, have issues with equipment, issues with maintaining equipment, uh, and you can learn a lot from that uh, that page. So thanks to those guys for what they do on Talk Car Wash, and if you're not a member, I really encourage you to join. So this particular topic I'm going to do today is what I call expectation, and I'm, I'm subtitling this the mind readers because I, uh, as an owner... <laughs> I expect people to read my mind, and it's been one of the most challenging things for me in my management career personally and owning a business uh, is this whole thing of expectations because it really does take a lot of effort, and you've got to be purposeful in what you do in order to set and communicate and enforce the right expectations. Um, so 
I looked up the definition of expectation, and there was two good definitions. And the first one was a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So this is expecting something. And, and that's what I do as a manager. I have a strong belief that something's going to happen or be the case in the future. And, and the other one is a belief that someone will or should achieve something. And I have that particular definition in my mind as well. But if we talk about the word expectation, I think if you think about what kills personal relationships more than anything else, it's typically unspoken or unmet expectations. So either in a personal situation with a, with a spouse or with a friend or with a business partner, uh, especially with your employees, what can kill morale and teamwork is really unspoken and unmet expectation. And I've struggled with this issue for so many years until recently I've got a better understanding of, of, uh, of what expectations are, what my expectations are, and then how I transfer that to my team to make sure they're operating the washes the way I would like for them to do. But, uh, you know, my management style is not, my natural management style does not lend itself well toward developing and communicating the expectations I have. So I always run into resistance with my team members, and I always spend, you know, the majority of my life frustrated uh, be because of these expectations I have. So I'm going to talk about three problems that we typically have with expectations. And I want to talk about three different ways you might be able to, to help address those issues of expectations. So the first one is, as a business owner, my expectations are always very high. So my expectations that I have for where, how I want my washes to run are extremely high. And based on that, they probably are unrealistic. And I think that's a, that's a general tendency that business owners, entrepreneurs, and managers have uh, is they have really high expectations. And, and I think it's important to have high expectations, but I, I think the way owners and managers think about their job and think about the business that they're either owning or operating is very different than the way team members think. And, you know, I've heard the term quite a bit over the years that, that people should have an ownership mentality. You should hire a manager that has an ownership mentality. You should hire team members that have an ownership mentality. And I think that's a great idea, but I think it's a little unrealistic to think that you're going to hire people to be employees that are going to have ownership mentalities. It doesn't matter how much you pay somebody. So even if you're going to pay somebody a lot of money to be a site manager, an operations manager, uh, they're still an employee. So they think more like an employee. Now they should think a little bit like an owner and you want to kind of convey to them the way you think and what your expectations are, but it's, 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 I think it's a little unrealistic to think that your team will think like an owner because they're not an owner. And, and it's hard for somebody to think like an owner when they don't own the business or they don't manage the business. Like I, I always think in terms of risk. So I'm always thinking in terms of business risk. So do we do this or do we not do this? So do we walk across the conveyor or do we not walk across the conveyor? And I tell my guys, don't walk across the conveyor. Now it's very easy to walk across the conveyor and 10,000 times out of 10,000 times, you know, they're, they're probably going to walk across the conveyor safely. But I always have to think about in the case of what will happen if they don't walk across, if they get their foot caught in the conveyor when they step across it. And, and so I'm always thinking about the risk factors of owning the business. What's the risk from a liability perspective? What's the risk from a safety perspective? What's the risk from a customer, you know, customer retention uh, perspective. So 
I think differently than, than what I expect a team member. A team member is just interested in getting from one end of the car, the car wash to the other and crossing the conveyor sometimes is an easy way to do that. Right. So, so again, our mindsets are very different and it's, and it's very, very, uh, you know, we're just different people and thank goodness we're different because we need all types of team members to really operate the car wash effectively. So expecting your team to think like you do and to have the same standards and expectations that you do is a little unrealistic. Now, saying all that, I want to tell you, do not lower your expectations because nobody in your team is going to have higher expectations than you do. I'm going to say that again. No one on your team is going to have higher expectations than you do. So you've got to have high expectations. But your team is going to be somewhere below your, your expectations. And I, want, I want a team. This is the other thing I was t- telling my team last week. Is I want my team members to work at a place that has high expectations. Because I want them to feel good about what they're doing. And I want them to feel like, hey, I expect a lot from you. You know, I, I know you can produce. And I've got a lot of faith and confidence in you as a team. And I have high expectations for you. And I'm not going to lower my expectations. I'm not going to settle. Because once I start settling, then the entire team dynamic starts falling apart. So feel good about the fact that you do have high expectations as an owner or as a manager. But... You know, your team is always going to be somewhere below that. So, you know, understand that and realize that's probably the case. And you should always have your team striving for those standards. So they should always be striving for whatever standards you're going to set for them. But the expectation of them meeting those standards all the time is probably unrealistic. And that's what creates a lot of unmet expectations and a lot of frustration at the manager and the owner level. Okay. So that's probably the number one thing is, you know, the owners and managers will typically have much higher expectations. The second thing is, as an owner, my expectations always change. So I'm always changing my mind um, a lot of times. And, and I, have a, I have a personality trait, which they call a high quick start. So if I, I did this assessment by a group called Colby. And, uh, and Colby has this, this four number identifier. And one of the things as a, as a, as a business owner, or as an entrepreneur, is high quick start, which means I can come up with ideas really quick. And that can be a blessing and also can be a curse. And I'll, the blessing is I can come up with uh, 10 different ways to solve a problem, or I can come up with 10 different business ideas really quickly. The curse part of that is for people who are not a quick start, when they hear what I'm saying, I have a tendency to think out loud with my team members. And that creates a lot of confusion because they don't know what to take as, hey, Dave's just thinking out loud, or they don't know to say, hey, we got to do this because this is what the owner said. So it creates a tremendous amount of confusion. So, you know, your team is always looking for guidance and direction. And, uh, and if you come up with a lot of ideas or a lot of thoughts out loud, it's very confusing for them to understand what it is you're just thinking about or what you really want. And again, that creates some unspoken and unmet expectations. You know, I, I had this situation with my wife when we first got married. I, I would, it took her a long time to figure out that I just think out loud. I'll just say something and think out loud. But she would take it very seriously. Uh, we were first married and we had small kids. I said, hey, you know what? We had to just sell our house and buy an RV and travel the country for a couple of years. And I'll write a book about it and it'll be really cool. You know, and I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just thinking, hey, this sounds like a good idea. 
um, you know, for, for a long time, she was really fearful that I was going to sell the house and we were going to buy a motorhome and we were going to travel the country for a couple of a couple years. Um, and, and, and it took her a while for a l- longer time than I, than I thought, right. That, that, uh, that, you know, there's a difference between me just thinking out loud with ideas and really wanting to do something. So, you know, as time went on, she understood that and she just kind of let me, let me kind of voice, you know, these ideas and she didn't take them as seriously, but, but, but your team can't do that, right? They, 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 it's just very, very frustrating for them. So, you know, y- your expectations change a lot of times, you change your mind a lot of times, but you got to be careful who you communicate that with. So I would just communicate that at the higher levels in the organization. And I would preface the conversation, hey, I'm just thinking out loud here. Uh, what do you think about this, 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 and this? And just have that conversation. But, but really preface that conversation with, hey, I'm just thinking out loud. This is just an idea. This is David Begin. Before we continue with this episode, I have a few questions for you. Are you planning on opening a car wash and getting overwhelmed? Are you a bit confused and searching for unbiased advice? Or you're an existing car wash operator searching for ways to improve your employee turnover or trying to solve other operational challenges. I have faced and overcame some of the same obstacles over the past 15 years to help develop a very successful car wash business. I can provide you with the guidance you need to help you navigate and solve the challenges we all face in this business. If you want to learn more about my one-on-one car wash coaching program, then I invite you to schedule a free coaching call with me please text the word FOAM to 31996 and I'll reply with a link to schedule your free call. Let's chat about one of the challenges you're facing and let me help you gain some clarity. Again, please text the word FOAM, F-O-A-M, to 31996. The third major problem that I see with expectation is vagueness. So I'm also accused of being vague. You know, if, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, hey, you're kind of vague in what you're communicating, um, then I wouldn't have to be in the car wash business. But I don't do a great job of communicating my expectations to the team. Um, you know, I think, and this is the problem, I think I'm being very clear in my expectations because I've got it in my head what I want, but there's always this translation problem between what you've got in your head and what your team members understand and think what you want. And boy, I, I, have, I have wasted a lot of energy being frustrated because I go, why can't these guys get what I'm, what I'm trying to do? Why, why are they not doing what I want them to do? Well, it's on me. And I think that's the other most important aspect here is it's my responsibility as the owner or the manager to communicate my expectations in a very clear way so that my team members understand. And so I can't be vague. Be, be, being vague is not a good way to good good way to run an organization so develop very effective communication techniques and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit so you know this is something i'm working on this is one of my big problem areas uh for for me to manage my my car washes and my organizations so there's three things i want you to think about it that i'm trying to do a better job of here to make sure that we are um you know we are meeting those those expectations so obviously the first one is you got to be clear about your expectations. You gotta base your communication based on them and not you. You cannot assume that people can read your mind. And so the best method that I've found to communicate expectation is through the written word. When you write it down, 
it's in a, in a format that everybody can see, and the communication is consistent. And you've all played the game probably as a young person. You played the game telephone, where you started at one end of the, of the classroom, and somebody said a phrase and whispered it on the way down. And it was really funny to hear what that phrase turned into uh, at the end. So, And I get that all the time. I get people telling me you know, what they thought uh, the policy was, what they... Um, what they interpreted the policy was. They didn't know what the policy was. And when you just write it down, it's in a place where everybody can look at it. It's consistently communicated. There sh- it should eliminate or reduce a lot of the confusion that people have. And I, I use a tool. I'm trying to be better about using this tool. But uh, my, my coach and mentor, Dan Sullivan, has what he calls a strategy circle. This guy has is, is got a lot of, he's very much a quick start, huge quick start. And He's got a team of about 100, 150 people that, that work for him. And it was really confusing for them when he would think out loud because they weren't sure what they were supposed to be doing. Should I do this? Should I not do this? So he set a rule in his company, and it's a great rule that if he does not create this strategy circle, which is basically here's what we want to do, here's what the outcomes look like, here's what my expectations are, of this particular project or task. He has to write this down. It takes him maybe 15 to 30 minutes. And he writes out this document called the strategy circle. Nobody in his organization does anything without a strategy circle. So he can ramble all day long, but until he produces a strategy circle, nothing gets done. And and it was a great transformation in his company because nobody... You know, nobody reacted to what he was saying. They realized he's a huge quick start. He's got a tremendous amount of ideas. Uh, but nobody executes on it until it's in written form. And his written form is called this strategy circle. So, you know, take a time, come up with the methodology. But, but I, if, uh, one practice I might think about if, if you've got a problem like I do with thinking out loud and say, unless I write it down in this form as a project, don't do it. And we're just thinking out loud there. So I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to use an example where I, I tell my car wash uh, site manager, I want to open 10 minutes early. So if we say we open at 7 a.m. here, which is pretty early, but uh, we try to catch the traffic going to work. Uh, but I want to be open, you know, five to 10 minutes early. So that that's that's an example. That's an expectation that I have. And I, if you've read, the reason why I do that is because if you've ever been to a store and you've gotten there a few minutes early and you've peered through the doors and you see all the employees in there chit-chatting, and, you know, they're just standing there waiting for, for 8 o'clock or waiting for 9 o'clock, and it's frustrating because, you know, you got there a few minutes early, you got a lot to do today, you'd love to be able to get in there and go, and you're standing there, and there's nothing going on, right? They're just standing there chit-chatting, waiting for 8 o'clock, and then they're unlocked the doors, which is extremely frustrating. That's, I don't believe that's good customer service. Conversely, I get really frustrated when I show up at six o'clock when a store closes, man, and those doors get locked and they see you coming and they lock those doors and they say, I'm sorry, we're closed. You know, I just think that's such a poor example of customer service. So I, I want my washes to be open 10 minutes early. And I always tell my guys, let's close 15 minutes after we say we close. So we can stay open another 10 or 15 minutes. Doesn't matter. We say we close at six. In the winter, we close at 6.15 just to let those extra people come in. So for me, it's just an important customer service thing. So I want to make sure I communicate that effectively. That's kind of a side story. but So be clear is important. I think the written word is important. The second thing I think is make sure your team explains back to you what they think the expectation is. So communicate with them. Listen to what they're saying. 
Uh, listen very carefully. Give positive feedback on what they understood, but then make wherever, whatever corrections that are necessary for where they misunderstood what, what you're saying. You know, if you use the term miscommunication, so we had a miscommunication here. I, I like to use that a lot because communication is a two-way street, right? It's the person that's communicating, person that's speaking, and it's also the person that's listening. And there's a responsibility on both sides of the, of the fence there where you've got to listen effectively, but you also got to communicate effectively. So if it's a miscommunication, it could be on either side. So explain, have them explain what it is. You know, do you understand this policy? Is there any questions? What are your expectations? How do you plan to execute this? There's a lot of great questions you can put around those expectations. And then the third thing I think which is the most important is you've got to reinforce your expectations. So you've got to constantly be communicating the expectations. You've got to be using that term. My expectations for this team is that we're going to be open at 650 every day. That's my expectation. And it really creates clarity in many cases. So if you're the manager or you're the owner of the business, when you explain your expectations, you know, and you do it clearly, there should be no confusion. And I believe your team really does want to understand what you want and how you want to run it. And if you don't, they're going to run it the way they think they want to run it, right? And that, that doesn't always work well. So if you're the owner and manager, you know, it's your responsibility to give your people the tools to be high performing. And it takes a lot of practice, right? So you've got to practice this quite a bit and you've got to reinforce it. You might have to say it five times. You might have to say it 10 times. Uh, but it's your responsibility to make sure that your team understands what you want not the other way around. You can't expect your team members or your managers to be mind readers. And I, I think it's the most important job of any manager is communicating what the expectations are, you know, and then making sure that team gels and performs at a really high level. But if you do it with practice and you do it with consistency, I think it'll be the best thing you can do to get your team to, to do what you're asking them to do. So, you know, I really think my team performs at their best when I'm better at communicating the expectation and they clearly un understand it. So don't underestimate the issue of them understanding because a lot of times they've got their version of what they think you want, but make sure they, that their version is your version and your team will perform at a much higher level. So that's my talk on expectations. I appreciate the time today. I'm gonna have a little announcement after this. We'll talk about uh, what I'm doing from a consulting and coaching perspective. So if you're interested in that, take a listen. But thanks so much for listening to this episode of the How of Car Washing. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So you can go to our website at www.thehowofcarwashing.com. Leave a comment uh, or leave a comment on if you listen to us on Apple iTunes or you listen to us on Android on Stitcher. We'd love to have a comment or, or a, a rating if you would. It kind of helps us and gets other people uh, finding the How of Car Washing. Tell your friends about it. Uh, and definitely go out to Talk Car Wash on Facebook if you get a chance. So this is David Begin. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The How of Car Washing. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.